This is Real Estate Rookie, episode 174. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where what we focus on is those guys and girls who are at the beginning of their real estate journey who are looking to get started or maybe looking to scale from one units to five or anything in between. But every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, the information you need to get started or keep going. Ashley Kerr, what's up? What's new? What do we got going on today? Well, uh, I think we should tell everyone about maybe our phone calls that we just both got at the same time. (laughs) So Tony and I had to take a little break in between recording because we both uh, got phone calls. Uh, Tony, go ahead. Why don't you start with yours? Yeah. So uh, I've mentioned on the show a few times, we've been looking to buy some commercial kind of hospitality properties this year. And uh, we've submitted several LOIs since the summer, uh, but finally feels like we're inching close on one. So I got a text from the broker. He said, Hey, Tony, please call me when you get a chance. So I knew this was either good news or bad news. Um, It was kind of in between. So we, uh, we offered, um, you know, I think a little less than what the seller was asking for. So he's saying, if we can come up just a little bit that he thinks he can make the deal work. So I got to go back and and kind of double check our underwriting and um, see if we can make the numbers work. We gave ourselves some cushion. We initially submitted the offer, Um, but you know, we we just want to be diligent because this will be our first big syndication um, and not even big, you know, but it'll be our first syndication. But, um, you know, I've, I've mentioned before that buying a single family house and turning it into a short-term rental, I can do all day. Um, but, you know, doing the syndication and, and raising money from a bunch of different folks is something that's new for me. And even though I'm confident in my ability, there's still a little bit of fear, I think, that I, I got to push past. So, um, yeah, the, the data helps me sleep better at night. Yeah. And that you're being conservative too. You're not willing to push the envelope uh, because you are using other people's money and you don't want to be as risky. So I think think that's a a great asset of a syndicator who does do that. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't try to push it to the max. Yeah, but but what's funny, right? Is that I'm, as I'm on that call with that broker, you step away and, and and you come back. So what was your what was your phone call about? Yeah, so mine is from actually an off market lead. It's uh, I talked to this guy two days ago. A friend of mine had told me about a campground that he had uh, his friend had stayed at, and he knew that the seller was interested in selling. So I found their website and I sent them an email just saying that I'd be interested in talking to them if they wanted to sell it. And so I got the phone call from them the other day. They told me more about the property and they were getting the financials together to share with me. So he called me back now to say he had his financials from the accountant and he was just pretty nervous about sending them to me. He didn't want his, you know, financial information to go public or, you know, to for me to spread it around, I guess. So I tried to ease his mind on, um, you know, that I am a professional and I would never disclose. So I'm going to work up a non-disclosure agreement, sign that and send it to him saying that, you know, basically he can sue me if I do disclose his information to anyone. And hopefully that does make him feel a little more secure he can show it to his attorney and um, have that available. But I I really want to see the numbers before I even waste my time going out to look at the property. Because if we're not even in the same ballpark, um, it doesn't matter what the property looks like. I mean, there's pictures and stuff online. I I can already get an idea. So if the numbers don't work now, and before I even go and find more things wrong with it, probably, then I don't want to <laughs> waste his time. So that's why I'm trying to get the numbers beforehand. 
And Ashley, would you would you syndicate that deal or would you try and take this down on your own? This property, actually, I I don't we haven't come to it. He hasn't specifically told me what he has thought it was going to be what he thinks he wants for it. So it's kind of up in the air, but I have an idea based on some things he has said. And I'm talking to a lender now about putting a mortgage on it. And then I would like to try to get a uh, private money on the down payment instead of doing a syndication deal. But if it ends up that can't happen, then I'm actually going to take it to a capital group that does syndications on campgrounds and see if they would like to give up some of the GP in order uh, with me bringing them this deal. Then my last option would be me doing the syndication on my own. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the BiggerPockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's rent retirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com 
Stamps.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Well, can we talk a little bit? So why why go the route of giving up some of your equity with this other uh, person that knows campgrounds as opposed to syndicating it yourself first? When I started in real estate investing, I gained all of my experience for working from somebody and I learned so much. And I think that has been a huge value to me. And I think that I am a better learner when I kind of have a little sense of security. And so for me, when I worked for another investor, I was learning everything because, you know, it was his properties and, you know, there was a little guidance, not a ton, but I would love the opportunity for at least one deal to give that up, to work with another capital group, to learn the ins and outs of what they're doing. You know, I always say on here, there's no reason to recreate the wheel. So if I get the opportunity to be part of a GP with another capital group, that's, um, you know, doing campgrounds specifically. I think that would be a, a huge value add to me and giving up that percentage. And I mean, you know, just from you starting your first syndication that it is, a, it is very different than buying a single family home. And I, for me, I think it would be worth it to give up some equity on a property so that I can learn that system and process. And then, okay, maybe I keep going with a, another capital group and working with them, or maybe I go off um, on my own and, you know, start building my own. But I, I, I love the value that you can get out of giving up equity. So, so true, uh, Ashley. Like, and, and that's, you know, uh, especially like, so I, I guess here, here's a way to look at it, right? If this was the only commercial deal that you were ever going to do, then I can see why someone might be hesitant to, to give up some equity. But I'm sure, you know, your plan is this is the first of many. And if you can give up a little bit of your ownership on this first one to learn the ropes from someone that's done it time and time and time and time again, then when you go off to do your second one and your fifth one and your 10th one, now you've got the right foundation and the the principles and the techniques and the strategies to make you successful in the long run. So there, there's, there's something that... There's something to be said about being patient. Like, you know, God, I'm going off on a tangent now, but I feel like this is this is super relevant. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and uh, the host was talking about Jeff Bezos, and he was saying that Bezos was interviewed, and he said, you know, people, and this is Bezos speaking. He says, you know, people think I'm this genius, um, you know, that, that I'm like this super intelligent guy, which you know I'm sure he is. But he says a lot of what's helped make him successful is that he has patient capital is that if he's if he's planning for his investment to give a return in 10 years he's going to be able to beat the the, the person that's looking for an investment in, or, or return on their investment in three years and he gave the example of space right like think about space exploration like who are the people that are that are competing with that uh jeff bezos elon musk richard branson like all these billionaires who know that there's no money to be made in space today but 10 15 20 years from now it could be you know th this really big industry so i think you know and you know obviously not everyone is just jeff bezos and they're billionaires but i think if you can find a way to be a little bit more patient in your investing approach over the long term, over the long run, you might be able to find a little bit more success. It, Tony, that was great. Thank you for sharing that. And just to add a little bit onto that, it, even in episode 170, when we had my business partner, Daryl, on, 
And we talked about me giving up equity too for that, like him taking on things that I didn't want to do and like how much more valuable that was to me getting those things off my plate. And also that, you know, he is way more motivated to be the best that he can be at these different roles and responsibilities because he has ownership in it. So I think that, um, you know, as long as people are going to make great partners and you definitely want to vet them, like I would definitely vet this capital group as I'm sure they would vet me too. And, um, you know, but those relationships can help you in the long run and really help you grow and scale as kind of leveraging. I'm not in a, I'm not in a rush right now to make a ton of money off of one campground. Like, and I think that's even a greater risk of me doing my first syndication by myself is more of a risk in me partnering with another one. And I think that would even give a sense of security to any future investors I have that, look, I partnered with this company on this deal. I've learned, you know, what to do from them firsthand. So to me, that that is an advantage, giving up equity. Totally. Well, that, that's not what we were supposed to be talking about today, but it was a good conversation, <laughs> right? We, yeah. we still have an actual question to answer for, yeah. for all the listeners who so all the rookies that are listening. Today's episode was not about mine and Asu's journey into commercial real estate, but uh, we've got a question from a guest. So you want to jump into that, Ash? I mean, it does have to talk about partnerships a lot, a little bit. So yeah, that's uh, true, right? So there, yeah. there is some, there is some connection there. Okay. So today's question is from Kurt Martig on Instagram. He said, love the show. My wife and I are learning a lot from you and Tony. My wife and I own a short-term rental property and house hack duplex, which we both manage where we live. Question for you both. We would like to buy a vacation property with my brother and sister-in-law. We would short-term rent it and also vacation together at the house. My wife and I would do all the remote management and my brother would bring the down payment to the table. How do we quantify each party's contribution when it comes to dividing profit and earning equity in the property? Even though we're not coming in with any cash, the ultimate goal would be that each party would have 50% equity in the property. How could we structure the agreement to that goal? So like... Uh, so, Kurt, great question, right? Because, you know, I think a lot of folks ask, you know, what's the right way to structure the partnership and how do we make it fair and et cetera, et cetera. And the first thing I'll say, Kurt, is that there is no right or wrong way to structure a partnership. And we say this all the time. At the end of the day, what makes a partnership work is that both sides are happy with the agreements that they came to, right? As long as both sides are happy, then it's a good partnership, Um, But what I will say is that I think you've already answered the question, Kurt. So like the last thing you said is the ultimate goal would be that each party have 50% equity in the property. And you've already kind of outlaid what, you know, laid out what the responsibilities are. It sounds like the, uh, the brother is bringing the down payment. You and your wife are bringing the expertise in the property management. And in my mind, it is a very fair exchange to say, hey, we're going to keep 50% for managing it on an ongoing basis. We're going to pick up the phone when the guests call and complain about something. We're going to be the ones managing the cleaners. When something breaks, we're going to call the plumber. Um, you know, when the guests can't find their checking code, we're going to send it to them. Uh, when we need to reorder sheets, we're going to do that, right? Like, you're going to be doing all the day-to-day stuff that comes along with managing a, a successful short-term rental. Your brother, he's going to put up the capital and then, you know, probably just kind of kick back and then enjoy the property whenever he's out there. So in my mind, what you just laid out is a very fair and real way to structure the partnership. 
Yeah, I think that's great. And like you said, they already have their goal. They already know what percentage they each want. Um, one unknown that we have that would be helpful. So they, who is putting the mortgage in their name? Is it going in both names or different names? Because I think if you're carrying on the debt, um, that's going to affect your debt to income ratio. So that could come into play too. So that may be something to discuss um, with the other family. Two things that I would do is, okay, separate it into the 50-50 partnership. But, and this is what I did with my very first partner in a couple of deals, is for that down payment amount, I would set a note payable back to the family that's paying that down payment and put, you know, maybe a little interest on it, but so that they're getting that paid back to them and making a little money off of that, that percentage. Next, what I would do to the family that's doing the property management is I would pay them a property management fee. So this way, basically, the other family is making a little interest on the money they put into the deal. They're getting their money back. You're putting in work and you're getting paid to do that work. Because I think like down the road, you start adding these properties and you're might not want to do the property management anymore, or you might want to outsource it, or it's going to be more than you thought it was going to be. So then you have, okay, then you stop getting that property management fee um, and you're still 50% owner on the property. So when you're taking on tasks that are, you know, give you specific roles and responsibilities in, in a business, I like to, you know, divide up the equity, however, but then you get paid for those roles and responsibilities. So if it's not working out, okay, if you, if you can't manage anymore, it's not working remotely, it's not affecting your percentage and you don't have to restructure it because you're, it's, it's still fair how you guys are in it, even if you do outsource the property management. So uh, I would do that. And then also I would set limitations uh, or expectations on when it's available for uh, personal use. So Tony, I think you do something like that too with your partners. Yeah, we, we limit it to like the down season, right? Like in Joshua Tree, that's the, the summertime, right? Like we really want our, our partners using it during the summertime. Um, in Tennessee, that's like January, right? It's a good time to go out there, but you don't want to lose a week of revenue during your peak season because I, I think that can that can be you know detrimental for everybody involved. Okay. Well, I think that was a, a good question for this week and probably a, a fairly common question too that people have, especially when you're you're partnering with a, a close friend or family member too. So I, let me yeah, let me add one thing before we wrap up here. Um I one of the things we've recently started adding into our partnerships, which I also think helps me sleep a little bit better at night, is a predetermined end date with the option to renew. So right now for all of our our uh, partnerships, they have a term of five years and the default exit strategy at the end of year five is that we sell the property. And the only way that the, the sale doesn't occur is if both parties agree to renew and then it renews for another one year term. And then at the end of each subsequent year, we have to ask the same question, do we both wanna stay in this partnership? And I think that that makes it super clean and cut and easy if things are going wrong to uh, to easily walk away from the partnership, but still maintain some, you know, some uh, like an amicable relationship. It's an easy out, especially if you're dealing with a family. Um, I think having having an easy, clean way out will, will help the relationship in the long term. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a great point, putting your exit strategy and making it clear in the contract, too. And I like how you have it defined for a certain amount of years and what happens and how you decide what is going to happen too. It's that's very clear cut. Okay. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Rookie Reply. I'm Ashley at Wealth From Rentals, and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. And we will be back on Wednesday with a guest. Don't forget to check out the Real Estate Rookie YouTube channel. See you guys next time. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.